right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Lauren Lapid, a 22-year-old from the suburbs of Southern California, a recent-ish college graduate, and now a recently, I, I think I'm still a fresh New Yorker, and I'm definitely still trying to adult in this crazy post-college life. You're listening to Rookies in the Real World, and in today's solo episode, I'm going to be giving you the highs and lows from my first year in New York City and finally give you guys the backstory as to how I ended up here in the first place. It's Rookies in the Real World, whoa, with Lauren Lapid as your host. It's time for Real Talk on Becoming an Adult. Holy shit. We are 17 episodes in. What the hell? Where has the time gone? Is this crazy? This is kind of crazy. We've had 16 phenomenal guests, and I have made so many friends along the way. Like, seriously, it's been such a blast embarking on this journey with all of you, and I'm so grateful for everybody listening. It's also crazy to think that we're 17 episodes in, and I am just now doing a solo episode for you guys. When I first started this whole thing, I didn't really want it to be, like, about me, if that makes sense. Like, of course, I'm the host. But I wanted to highlight other people's stories and their learnings to not only educate you, but also I think it's just been really entertaining as well. And I have gotten quite a few DMs asking kind of more about me and my backstory because, yeah, sure, you hear my intro every week explaining that I'm 22. I'm from SoCal. I live in New York City. But then it's like, okay, tell me more. Like, who are you, Lauren? So I am here to deliver. I think especially after quarantine. Okay, I mean, we're still in the midst of quarantine. It's it's July. But what I mean is that I spent the last few months back home, like in my childhood home in SoCal. And it really gave me time to do some self-reflection on who I am, what my goals are. And I don't know. I finally, I finally feel ready to do a solo episode for everybody. And like I said last week, I am back in New York City, which is crazy. I, I spent what felt like forever at home. That's the most time I've spent back in SoCal since I first moved out at 17. So it was a lot. Um, But I was super grateful for the time with my parents and my sweet, sweet dogs. And honestly, a part of me never wanted to leave. A part of me even considered giving it all up when my lease ended and starting my life over in LA, just saying goodbye to New York. But clearly I didn't. And here's why. So we have to kind of throw it back. The first time I visited New York City, I was 13 years old. I was baby. Everyone told me I would absolutely love it. And back then, I still had dreams of being a cinematographer or maybe a fashion photographer. Maybe I'd work for a magazine. And I loved Gossip Girl. And this was back when Tumblr was like in its heyday. And I followed so, so many New York City Tumblrs. I was like, I am made for this. And then I visited in November of, I guess, 2011 um, for the Macy Thanksgiving Day Parade. My sister was a senior in high school, and she was a cheerleader in the parade. So my mom, my sister, and I went. But basically, my sister was always, like, training, practicing, dancing. So it was just my mom and me. And it was the coldest Thanksgiving New York City had experienced in years. So think about it. I literally had never experienced a real winter before, like, being from SoCal. So I literally was thrown in, like, the thick of it. And as any New Yorker knows, additionally, 
New York City during the holiday season is just like an absolute clusterfuck of just tourists and people and it's it's a lot. And then, yeah, I was with my mom who, if anyone has picked up on the last like however many episodes, obviously she's my mother. She and I love each other, but we don't always get along. So, yeah, I was spending like 25-7 with my mom at 13. What 13-year-old is in a little piece of shit, you know? And then there was the fact I had lived a pretty sheltered life in like Orange County, California of all places. So the subway scared me. The sheer amount of people scared me. And I don't know, just like the lack of comfort scared me. It scared off my dream of moving to New York City for college at least. Like I was still intrigued, but I was like, oh, this is not what I expected. I mean, looking back though, of course, like all those things scared me. They should have. I was 13, damn it. But like, I think I was too prideful then to really step back and like evaluate that because how self-aware can a 13-year-old be, you know? But a part of me still really obviously romanticized New York City. You know, I feel like everybody looks at New York City with like a beauty filter on. We just think it's it's like the most beautiful, amazing thing. Because how could you not? Like that's what it looks like in photos and in the movies. And I lived and breathed by Devil Wears Prada. I mean, you guys know I work at Condé Nast now. Like I, I grew up literally being like, I want to work for Anna Wintour. Everything about life in New York City sounded like it would be amazing for me. But again, I would think back to that first just absolutely abysmal experience in the city and I was too afraid I wouldn't succeed. So I went to school in Virginia. I like to think that going to a smaller like city like Northern Virginia, the D.C. area helped me realize that I actually could take on the big city If that makes sense, like, I think college really helped me grow some balls. Like, I started college with this almost false sense of confidence. I was fully, like, in the fake it till you make it mode. You know, I think it was just like, okay, I am clearly this West Coast girl on the East Coast. People would be able to pick me out, like, in a room just full of strangers, like, every freshman orientation event. They'd be like, you're the girl from California. Like, everyone knew, and I think – that kind of boosted my confidence of like, all right, everybody knows and everybody probably thinks I'm going to hate it. So like I need to prove them wrong. And I mean, I guess I did because I made it through college four years and I really think I maximized everything that I could out of DC. I worked in nonprofits. I worked in news and media. Like I did Greek life. Like I, I did the whole thing. And I like to think of college in DC as like my stepping stone to New York City. And before we move forward, we have to take like a little bit of a detour. I would be remiss if I didn't give some credit to my college boyfriend. I was a Bachelor of Fine Arts student in college. And as part of being in the art school, I had to go to New York City every semester to tour art galleries and museums. And, you know, I, like, didn't want to just, like, take day trips. Like, that sounded so fucking exhausting. So my boyfriend at the time would come up with me. We'd end up making a weekend trip out of it. We'd stay at different Airbnbs, different hotels, try new restaurants every time, get bagels. And it was so much fun. Like, a complete 180 in my attitude when I was there when I was 13 than, like, when I was there at 18. And it became clear to me very quickly that my fear of moving to New York City and, like, hating it and being unhappy was, like, all in my head. Like, I had let it inflate into being this, like, big villainous thing that it really wasn't. You know, I was just 13, had a shit time. 
I was holding myself back for sure. Because there, in good company and with like a few more years of maturity on me, I like really did feel ready. Like I could do this. I could move. But a part of this detour still existed, a.k.a. the college boyfriend. And I – anybody who knows me and knew me when I was dating him knows that I loved this boy with the entirety of my being. I thought he was it for me. I mean – We started dating my senior year of high school. I was 17. He was literally my first everything. And I really thought we were endgame. Everyone thought we were endgame. For a while, he thought we were endgame. So much so that we both kind of just operated through college assuming that I would probably move to San Francisco to be with him after I graduated. And that like I could be happy pursuing a design career within tech. And it's funny like looking back now because anybody who knows me really well or like especially people that know me post-college breakup, I know that this must sound like actually ludicrous because it is. I literally let the love that I had for somebody else blind me from my own aspirations and potential so that I could support them with theirs. And looking back now, I really don't think that I could have been as happy as I am today as a designer in the tech industry. Like, I am an LA girl through and through. Media and entertainment are what, like, really inspire me, which just sounds so fucking cheesy, but it's true. No matter how shitty the design job at work, because trust me, it's like, it, it, it's, it's demoralizing sometimes, but knowing that the work I create literally impacts Vogue, Bon Appetit, GQ, it's all worth it to me because I'm in the industry that I feel like I belong in and want to progress in. But getting back to the important part of this detour, the part where it ends, my ex and I broke up December of my senior year. And, ooh, Lauren got a little messy. (laughs) The aftermath was hard. But in this aftermath, I, like, suddenly realized I was no longer obligated to move back to California. So my ex was a year older than me, and he was in grad school, so, like, he he was for sure going to move back to San Francisco. And so when we broke up, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I can go wherever the fuck I want. I could have even moved to Australia if I wanted to. Like, there was literally nothing holding me back. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to send it and went all out for job applications in New York City, which was, like, really – it was terrifying. It was really fucking scary. I was so nervous that I would fail because, like, here's the ironic thing about my personality. Maybe it's my hubris, whatever. Um, When somebody – underestimates me and tells me that I can't do something, the like ultra competitive petty side of me comes out full force and I will work hard to prove you wrong. But when everyone is saying like, yes, Lauren, like, yes, queen, I know you can do it. Like they just somehow all know I'm going to thrive. I get so fucking nervous and insecure because I don't want to fail people and like disappoint them and be unable to meet their expectations, which I know like isn't a sustainable way to live. Like I'm working on it. But that obviously was like a factor. Like that really scared me. However, I knew that if I moved back to California, I'd likely never like leave long term again. I want to get married in California. I want to settle down there. Like if kids are in the picture, I don't know if I want kids, but like, you know, if that ever happens, I prefer it to be in California, like close to my family. So like knowing this, like knowing that if I got back to California, I'd never leave. I knew that it was now or never. So I did it. The best I could do out of college was get a fellowship at a pretty prominent agency, which like I'm so grateful for. 
This agency gave me my amazing roommate and some of my closest friends, and it was a 10-week fellowship, right? And those 10 weeks, I think I hustled harder than I literally ever have in my fucking life. Like, it was brutal. If I wasn't like working, I was interviewing other companies or I was networking or I was also just trying to have like a really good time because I was 21 in New York City. And I obviously like, okay, I was getting paid minimum wage, so I could not afford to live in Manhattan. So I was living and commuting from Queens into Midtown. And then also I was apartment hunting, trying to find a roommate, like all in the midst of this summer. And let me tell you, Okay, I mean, also you guys know because there have been episodes where Blau and I like a bitch incessantly about this, but finding an apartment in New York City is like a job in itself. Like it's really fucking exhausting. So it was a brutal summer. I was working. I was freelancing. I was applying to jobs. I was interviewing at jobs. I was searching for a roommate, searching for an apartment. It was the most stressed and tired I have probably ever been in my whole life. But in the middle of everything, I realized I had never felt so alive. Like, looking back now on everything, it has been worth it. It's been worth every second. So that was simultaneously a long, but also like a bridged version of how I got to New York City. If you guys want even more juicy details on my life, perhaps I'll do a part two for this. But I do like to save snippets of my story for other people's podcasts. So you can listen to more of how I got to where I am today by listening to episodes I've been featured on in Career Fluencer, on The Rocks podcast, Not My Problem podcast, Realistically with Liz, The 20-something Trials, Working Gals Guide, Table for Nine. Um, Oh my goodness. What else? I'm about to do an episode with a Purpose Project. So like, Truly, if you guys would like to, like, learn more about me, there are plenty of resources. I'll link all the podcast episodes, too. Those were really great conversations. So with that, let's move on to the highs and the lows, right, of my experience so far in New York City. And to be fair, I don't even know if this is, like, a fair one year because I did spend, like, two and a half months back in California. But whatever. Here we go. Let's start with the highs first. I think something really refreshing is that every day is different. There are literally hundreds of places to explore that I've yet to discover, whether it's like trying a new restaurant and anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge foodie. Like I will eat and eat and eat and then ask for the dessert menu. Like I love food or, you know, like maybe I'm stumbling upon a little coffee shop. I'm a huge coffee drinker too. There's just so, so much in the city, like so many hidden gems that are just things you can only find here in the city. I just love that. Like there's always something to be discovered. You'll you'll never get bored. I also really enjoy the independence. So New York City to me is a big kind of like dichotomy. You can be surrounded by, and this happens a lot. I mean, pre-corona, this was literally all the time, but you'll be surrounded by hundreds of people and you're not physically alone in any sense of the word. Like, trust me, But yet, everyone is doing their own thing. No one has you under a microscope. You get to be whoever the fuck you want to be. And I think there is something so liberating in that. Because think about yourself and how much of you is just being a product of your environment or how much of you is from, like, the perception of others and, like, you internalizing that. Like, I know that these are, like, 
just really existential questions. But just think about like who you are and get to the root of like why you are the way that you are. Being in New York City and starting somewhere new, especially if you don't know anybody, like it's just amazing because nobody gives a fuck. Like you can be whoever you want to be and make a name for yourself and it's not going to be easy, but it's a fresh slate for you. And I really, really enjoy that. Third, I think my third and like final high for this part is that the city never sleeps at any given time of day. If you're bored, odds are you can find something to do. And that was not the case in Virginia. And I love that about New York City. Like any time of day, you can hear a siren or people laughing and having fun. And while at times that does get a little annoying, it's also really comforting. Like I remember when I first moved into my apartment in Manhattan, I was carrying a desk down from the third floor of a walk-up. And this girl and I, she was also a small Asian girl. We were struggling. And then I called this Uber and was like, please, please be somebody young and muscular that can help me carry this table like into your car. It was not. It was an old Asian man. And I was like, fuck. And we kind of just looked at each other in panic. And these two African-American guys walking down the street were like, oh, ma'am, do you need help? And of course, like in New York, usually you don't talk to strangers. But here's the thing. New Yorkers all know that moving is shitty and we're all there for each other when we need each other, right? All you have to do is ask. And I was like, yes, please. And they literally were so kind. They helped me get into the car. Like I didn't ask for anything returned, just like we're being good people. And I appreciate that. You know, that was kind of a tangent. But moving on to my lows. My lows are kind of tied into my highs because like I said, New York is a dichotomy. It's, it's a coin with two sides and, you know, it goes both ways all of the time. So every day being different. I am a sucker for a good routine. If any, like I, people know I like consistency. I, I live by my calendar. Like I like having the way that I do things. It's a little type A of me, but that's just how I roll. But in New York City, you never quite know how a day is going to pan out, whether it's the subway being delayed, whether there's like road closures or like something is going on. You never know. And let me tell you, everything is harder in New York City in addition to that. Like, whether it's the simple act of doing laundry or grocery shopping, everything is more difficult unless you make, like, the big bucks and can afford to have everything, like, delivered or chauffeured to you. So, clearly, I don't make the big bucks, so I, I live in, like, the struggle bus with everybody. But again, at the end of the day... You are in a New York fucking city and how many people would kill to be in your position? That's something I remind myself when my morale is like extremely low. So I got back like two Sundays ago and I was literally doing laundry because I wasn't going to sleep in sheets that hadn't been washed in three months and were dusty and I wanted clean towels. So that was like the first thing I did when I got uh, back from the airport. And it was a beautiful day out. And then I'm walking back to my apartment half a mile away and literally like category one status torrential downpour occurred and I was in white adidas I did not have an umbrella like it was just so fucking demoralizing you know like every day is different in New York the weather is bipolar it gets really frustrating but again you're in New York City like suck it up you're in New York City whoo and then okay the other low so independence it does get like really lonely in the city sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like 
Also, I mean, you guys know dating is really surprisingly hard in the city. And so is making friends post-college. Maybe it's even harder because it's not like college where you're all in the same walk of life with like orientation, like icebreaker events. Like, no, like everybody here is minding their own business, like doing their own thing. So it takes a lot more effort. And again, I think the onus is on us. Like you, you won't succeed in New York if you just sit and complain all the time. Like obviously like I took action to try and do my best and like live my best life. Like the onus is on you. You get what you give. And I think New York City has reminded me that I'm capable of putting myself out there. And yes, it gets lonely and yes, it gets hard, but you're not the only one feeling this way. And that's, that's kind of beautiful when you think about it. Kind of lonely and sad, but also kind of beautiful. Like we're all going through this together. And then of course, the city never sleeping. It's truly fucking annoying sometimes, guys. Like I'm sure somewhere in this episode there's like a siren or like honking that I won't be able to edit out. But that's just the way it is. Like I'm, I live in Manhattan and it's really fucking annoying to hear like ambulances and sirens all the time. Which is like why I have to take trips out of the city sometimes. But at the end of the day, I'm an Orange County bitch. I'm an L.A. girl. I need a break from the city sometimes. And that is perfectly okay. I think that that's a misconception that people have when they first move to New York. They think that they always have to be doing something or that they always have to love it or that it's always going to be amazing and perfect and beautiful and Snapchat worthy. But it's not. Think about your everyday life wherever you are. Not everything is glamorous. And the same goes for New York City, especially in New York City. So, like, it's easy to beat yourself up, but you can't compare yourself to unrealistic standards. I mean, I knew going in that New York City was not going to be my end game. I knew this was going to be astronomically important and it is such a pivotal chapter in my life, but we need to stop assuming that everything, like I said, is going to be perfect and work out comfortably and easily every step of the way because the reality is it's fucking not, never, especially New York City, but you know what? That's part of why you move. You move for the eclectic people. You move for the endless opportunities. You move for the little moments. You find yourself in awe of this city and the people in it. You move because you know it will push you to be better, that it will humble you, that it's going to open your eyes to an experience that is so uniquely New York City. You don't move because it's easy. Sorry for my sap. I'm I'm not Oprah. I can't give a great like motivational speech but I hope that that was eye-opening for you guys and I mean okay we're wrapping up we usually end rookies with a takeaway so here we go there isn't anything wrong don't get me wrong guys okay there isn't anything wrong with being comfortable there isn't anything wrong with seeking comfort stability and love but for anyone who was like me who had this gut feeling that they had to at least try this like itch for more this is your sign. You can do it. Whatever it is you're aspiring to do, whether it's, it is to move to New York City or if it's a leap to like ask for a new job or find a new partner, I think the hard part of comfort zones is that we can fall into the trap of getting too comfortable and failing to realize when it is time to let go and move on. Nine times out of ten, you'll never know you're ready until you actually go do the damn thing. So this is your sign. Go and confess your love to your crush. Go and tell your boss you deserve a raise. Go and fucking move to New York City. We are young. We are capable. We can do this. Mic drop. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's the end to episode 17 of Rookies in the Real World. Why I moved to New York City. This was my first solo episode. was a little nervous. 
please tell me how I did. Like, DM me. I would love to know how you guys felt about it. Let me know if you want more solo episodes or if I should just stick to guests. But I think that this was important. I want you guys to understand my perspective and where I'm coming from. And especially because we're on this journey together, you know, I'm, I'm here to give you the honest, unfiltered look into life in New York City post-college. And, you know, I'd be doing a disservice to you guys if I wasn't 100% honest and shared the truth with you guys all the time. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, you know how it goes. Eep. Okay, so I opened up my Instagram this week to questions and so I'm gonna run through a few of them because after recording this episode it was really short and then I was like wait why not answer questions that you guys have been submitting to me so I'm gonna go through a few of them that weren't already covered throughout the narrative of today's episode okay let's see first off how have you grown in the past year I think I kind of already covered this But I would say in the last year, I've really come to love my independence and I've learned how to really be alone. And that's something somebody told me I'd learn in college, like how to be alone. And I feel like that's completely false. Like you're always with somebody in college. And here in New York, I really have had to learn how to be okay with being another face in the crowd and kind of coming to love that anonymity and, you know, just really, really come to terms with who I am and be okay with that, you know, and to like fully understand who I am, what makes me tick and why I am the way that I am. New York has made me self-reflect so much. Okay, this one's really funny. Are the men in New York City as bad as they say they are? Honey, they're even worse. <laughs> as I've begun like dating, but I guess dating in a in the middle of a pandemic is is rough, but um yeah, men men are trash, especially so in New York. And Sarah Ellis and I kind of talked about this a few episodes back. But, you know, people just get so caught up with, like, option paralysis. I went on this amazing date with a guy I was so, so into. And I thought we were vibing. Like, it was great. And then I hit him up for our second date and he completely ghosted me. And he's the one who told me to hit him up, like, when I freed up. So, like, it was it hurt like that really sucked and yes men in New York City are pretty trash I know there are a few gems out there uh but so far I've only hit diamonds in the rough that might not even be diamonds so who knows okay what has been your biggest adjustment from college life to the real world in the city I think for me it was money because in college you know, you don't really think about money as much. I mean, I did in the sense that I was working to pay my sorority dues and to, like spending money, but I was fortunate enough where, you know, like I had my student loans. I didn't have to think about money on a daily basis. And then moving to New York post-grad, having to deal with my loans, having to deal with the fact that I live in a shithole and pay a ridiculous sum of money. Like I had to learn how to budget very quickly otherwise it was like fall into debt like even more debt than I already am in because of my student loans so yeah I think that was the biggest adjustment was like oh I have a big girl job I have to pay big girl taxes and real world expenses like a phone bill that previously my parents were letting me mooch off of so that was rough but it's all part of the territory of growing up I guess (laughs) okay this one got several likes how long do you see yourself in this city where would be your next place and why? You know, when I first moved to the city, I thought it would be like a two to year, 
like two to three year thing. And now I feel like I'm in a space where it's going to be the next three to five years. I feel like COVID kind of fucked my first year in the city. And then it's going to like, you know, take another year for the city to really recover. And then I'm going to want to have a few years to have fun. But something that made me like put this all into perspective is the fact that my sister got married last year. And, you know, children are probably on the horizon the next two to three years. And my sister and I grew up best friends and I want to be active in my niece and nephew, like whatever spawn they have. Like I want to be active in its life. So it would be easier if I was back on the West Coast. And, you know, like I work in media, so I feel like I'll be able to get a job in L.A. Um, or I've even thought about Seattle or Portland. I do love the Pacific Northwest, but like who knows? I feel like there's just so much adventure left to be had in this city. So TBD on that one. Do any movies or TV shows portray the real life of a New Yorker? This is hard. I feel like I've I've heard Brooklyn Nine-Nine is pretty good. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of television. I will say How to Be Single is my go-to because it's like not accurate in terms of where they live and like how much money they spend, but it's accurate in the sense that men are actually trash and that the apps out here suck and that you do meet people serendipitously and sometimes that's how the best friendships form. Okay. Ooh, top spots in New York City for food and dates. And then somebody else also asks uh, the best place to get tacos. Um, I'm partial to Taco Dumbo. It's really trendy and kind of overpriced, but delicious. Or like uh, Dos Tacos, number one. They're pretty good. But for dates, oh my gosh, I'm giving away like one of my secrets. So in Midtown, kind of, well, no, below Midtown. It's in K-Town area. There's this wine and chocolate bar that also has food, but it's a wine and chocolate bar called Isa. And they do this ridiculously good um, crepe cake. And anybody in New York hears crepe cake and thinks of Lady M. But this is way better. It's thinner, it's lighter, and it's a creme brulee cr- uh, crepe cake. So, like, the top is crunchy. And I'm obsessed. One of my mom's friend's daughters actually showed me it. And It's one of my favorite spots and they have really good desserts and food in general and it's low key. They have outdoor seating, which is perfect for, you know, the COVID world that we live in. But it's delicious. It's a hidden gem. It's super small, super underrated. I would love to take someone on a date there. Who knows if that will happen? (laughs) What is okay? This one's good. What are you looking forward to in your next year in New York City and what goals do you have? You know, before COVID, I was set to get promoted at the end of my first year. And of course, everything is, you know, everything is different because of COVID and we have to adapt. So I'm looking forward to hopefully taking the next few steps in my career and paying off some more student loans, whether that is with Condé or through another media company. I feel like the job market right now is it's really hard to tell. And I, you know, I do see a lot of growth potential at Condé and so I don't intend on leaving um, anytime soon unless like some crazy fucking offer that's like the job of my dreams happens. But otherwise, I count myself lucky to still be employed. And I think that I have spent the last year learning how to push the envelope at Condé Nast. And I'm finally in a place where I can, you know, like actually push. So I'm hoping to get on cooler projects, work on bigger things and put myself out there more, I would say. Um, But in terms of like non-professional stuff, I'm so it's just been so much fun dating. I mean, yes, men are trash, but it's also just fun like meeting people and trying new places. And, you know, like there's so many different people in the city 
it's just fun people watching and learning about them. So I'm just more ready as well to like be more immersed in New Yorker culture. You know, I feel like my first year is was like really rough in the sense of it was all adapting and adjusting. And now I sort of I mean, how much of like a footing can you really have in the middle of a pandemic? But I, I do feel like I am more confident in who I am and what I want to accomplish. And so I'm just excited to like be that boss bitch and like figure it out. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. This is another good one. I want to know the top tips for moving to New York City and what is a realistic salary to live on, different neighborhoods, etc. So for this one, I would suggest listening to our first episode, which is all about like shit that we wish we knew before moving. And then I think episode five, I can't recall, but Blau and I did apartment hunting 101 in the city for like when you're not living in a luxury building, aka like most of most of us regular New Yorkers. Um I would say, so I make 60K a year right now before all of my freelance work, but also before taxes. Um, and it's livable. I would say probably like 50K at least. I mean, it's all about adjusting lifestyle, right? Like I definitely am not this like bougie orange candy bitch that like I used to be. I'm, I've cut back on a lot of spending and I've had to make concessions about like my personal like life and living habits that I didn't have to previously but that that comes with living in the city but I mean again I live in Manhattan if I were commuting from like Jersey City or Long Island City somewhere in Queens or like deep into Brooklyn it would be cheaper but I think for my first year or two I I do think living in Manhattan has been worth it for the experience Um, And in terms of Manhattan, I mean, the younger neighborhoods are like the East Village, Lower East Side, uh, maybe even like Chelsea proper. It just gets really expensive. But I know a lot of people that live on the Upper East and Upper West Side and really do enjoy it. It's quieter. It's just like a longer commute downtown. But, you know, I feel like you just have to prioritize what you want out of where you live. And then the neighborhood will come from there. But always DM me if you have any questions. I'm always more than happy to help. I love talking about New York. What are you most proud of reflecting back over the last year? Honestly, I think about the absolute mess that I was December of 2019, no, 2018, December of 2018, my senior year. And then I think about who I was December of 2019. And then I'm thinking of who I'm about to be December 2020. And I think I am so much more confident in myself and my autonomy. I think I was in a space before where a lot of my identity was tied to a relationship. And I really feel like I can stand on my own. I look at myself and I see my accomplishments as mine. And I really do think that I have really come to love myself in the last year. And that's something I didn't even think I was lacking in until I got out of that relationship and was like, wow, a lot of the validation and love I had for myself came from somebody else. Like, I have a lot of self-work to do. And I think I've done that. And it feels amazing. Like, it really feels great. And I'm so proud of that. And, you know, like, it was hard for me to admit at first, like, how insecure I was and how nervous and scared I was. But I think admitting that was the first step to working on myself and becoming this stronger independent woman so I'm so proud of that what part of the city is your favorite and why I think I'm a little biased right now because I spent the last year living in Chelsea and 
I absolutely love like the meatpacking district and Chelsea Market area. That's where we would go out, like Common Ground, the Jane, like that was our, our spot to get wild. And so I just have these fond memories there and I just like loved it. It's such an artsy place with all the galleries. But when I first moved to New York, I was in Astoria, Queens and just loved the culture and the liveliness and the diversity of the area. It was just, it was so much fun and there was so much good food. So I feel like, yeah, I'm a little partial to the neighborhoods that I've lived in. What is something that you were nervous about when you were first moving to New York City and how do you feel about it now? Okay, this is the last question and it's a really good one. I didn't move here really with any friends. The like two or three people I knew I met through my ex-boyfriend and so, you know, like obviously it was still a little weird for me. I didn't want to like reach out right away. Um, But, like, now, like, Jenny and her boyfriend Alex are, like, two of, I would say, like, my biggest confidants in the city. I love them to death. Um, But I was nervous about moving somewhere, like, alone, alone. Because I, you know, like, yes, I went to college across the country. But college is different because you, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, like, you have people from the same walk of life. And, like, automatically want to be your friend because they're lonely, too. But in the city, it's, like, kind of harder to weed through that. So many kids go to school in the city or, you know, so many people are from cities where a lot of people migrate then to New York City, if that makes sense. So I am the only one from my graduating class of my high school to have gone to my college. And there are only a few people that went to college in the D.C. area. And there are even fewer people that are in New York City. And so I really was coming here with no background, no network, no friends, And that was so scary to me because I'm an extrovert. I am an ENFJ. I thrive off of my connections with people and I don't like to be alone normally. And so that was like my biggest fear was like, oh, fuck. Like, can I do this alone without somebody supporting me and having somebody to like lean back on? And I mean, the answer is yes, I did it. And again, like how do I feel about it now? I mean, yes, I wish I had more friends. But in an episode coming up, actually, with one of my New York BFFs, Alana, we talk about what it's like post-grad finding your girl gang and, like, finding your people because it it isn't easy. And I would say right now I feel like it's still a work in progress, but I absolutely love the people in my life now. And I feel like, you know, whether I met them through work or a previous internship or friends of friends, like, in adulthood – I feel like you have less friendships of proximity and more friendships of people you actually want to see that people like you actually give a shit about and like want to put in an effort to be with. And so you have more quality friendships where even if you don't see them all the time, like you know you can hit them up. And that's how I feel about the few friends I have in New York City. So like shout out Katie, shout out Blau, Julia, Alana, all the wholesome girls, Um, like even though we don't see each other all the time because we're busy and doing shit, it's amazing because I feel like to some extent too, these people get me on a level that my friends at home don't understand, that my friends from college don't understand because going through the New York experience is truly something else. And so being able to go through it with these people, and again, it's a reminder that you're not alone. Like I really do feel like moving to New York in a lot of ways has improved my like general faith in humanity but has also made me realize that like like I said earlier I'm capable of putting myself out there and you get what you give in the world and that's especially true in New York City 
So that's a wrap on questions. Oh my gosh, thank you to everybody who asked. If I didn't get to something, feel free to DM me and I'm like more than happy to answer. But this was so much fun. If you liked this episode, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review or share this episode on your Instagram. Word of mouth probably works the best in sharing indie podcasts like mine. And I really appreciate it for real. But... That's it for now, guys. Until next time, have a fantastic week and go do your fucking thing. You are a boss ass bitch. Let's go.